But I was thinking, you know what's, you know why Jesus said for us to have faith like a child? You know the Bible says that, right? You know why the Bible, why Jesus said have faith like a child? It's because these children came in here today and they didn't, they didn't have any other care except I feel the presence of God. And those tears streaming down their face, they couldn't do anything but worship. Yes, yes. But see, as we grow, we get older, and we come in, and it's not just, I don't care about anything else except the presence of God. We get in here, and we, we start to think about what's waiting outside the doors. We start to think about the stress we've already been through. Mm. We start to think about the things we're already battling. And because of that, we can't get into a state of worship. We can't get into a state of of deep worship and praise to the King. That's why the Bible says have faith like a child. Because a child is going to come in here and say, I can believe anything will happen in this place today. I don't have any other worries or any other concerns except for I'm in the presence of God. I don't have any other feelings except I'm in the presence of God and I'm going to worship. Come on, somebody. You still not getting it. You got things waiting outside these doors. Yeah, but I'm telling you, when you come into the presence of God, you can have faith like a child and say, I might as well not have any worry or any concern because I'm in a place where anything can happen. I'm in an atmosphere where all things are possible and I'm going to have faith like a child and come into the presence of God. There's a place in the scripture where... Jesus was teaching in a place and the he was in a house and there was a crowd just up as close as you could get to him and he was teaching. There was just a crowd. You couldn't you couldn't move. It was tight. It was everybody was squeezed in because they wanted to hear Jesus. And the Bible says that there were there were uh, certain people there that day, and it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's what it says. It says and it was talking about the Pharisees and the scholars and things that were there. Said the, and it mentions them specifically. It said the power of the Lord was there present to heal them. Yes. But they didn't get healed. But there was a man that was lame. And his friends brought him. And they couldn't get to where Jesus was. They knew he was there and they knew they needed to get to him. But they couldn't get to him because the crowd was so huge. What they did is they climbed on top of the roof. And they tore the roof off of the house. And they lowered the man in. They couldn't walk. They lowered him in to where Jesus was. That was the man that was healed that day. It was the people who were there that decided what Jesus could and could not do. Come on. That were not healed that day. But the ones who said, I know where Jesus is. And I don't care what I have to do if I can just get into His presence where He is. I don't care if I have to tear the roof off this house. I'm going to get to where Jesus is. I'm not going to decide what Jesus can and cannot do. I'm not going to decide whether He can or cannot heal me or touch me or deliver me or or change my life. I'm just going to get into a place where I know that He is. And I know that when I get at His feet, that I can be healed. I know no matter what, if I have to tear the roof off, if I have to look foolish, if I have to look bad, if I have to look look down on me, I don't care. As long as I just get in the presence of Jesus, that's where I can be changed. Oh, 
I've been sick. I've been laying on this bed for too long. And yeah, there's a crowd of people here that's probably going to turn their nose up at me. But I don't care because I know where Jesus is at. And if I've got to tear the roof off some things in my life, if I've got to peel back some layers in my life, if I can just get lower to where Jesus is. My God, if we would have that kind of faith, faith as a child, when we believe all things are possible, when we don't put any limits and decide for ourselves what Jesus can and cannot do. I don't know what you believe if you're trying to limit Jesus. What are you even here for? What'd you come today for if you're going to try and put limits on what Jesus can and cannot do? What'd you come for today if you're going to decide already Jesus ain't going to do nothing for me? What'd you come here for? Do you come to speculate? Do you come to watch other people get it? Do you come to watch other people get blessed and get healed while you sit there on your bed of sickness? Jesus, Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I know that Jesus is in the house, I know then don't matter no other variable no other factor can change the fact that Jesus with just one touch with just one touch my life can be changed my God you've been battling addiction you've been battling depression you've been battling things in your life and you got no faith left you need to get your faith like a child working again and say I know all I've got to do is lift my hands and Jesus will fix it all It's that simple. I don't, I don't know where you read that you have to go through a bunch of red tape for Jesus to touch your life. I just gave you an example right there. There was just a man who was desperate enough. He said, I don't care if there's a crowd. I want to do something foolish and tear somebody else's house up if I have to, but I'm going to get lower to where Jesus is. Yes. He didn't care about anything else. What he cared about is, I just need Jesus to touch me, and I know I'm going to be walking again. Are you desperate enough or are you content with being the way you are? Are you desperate enough or are you content laying on that, that bed of lameness, paralysis, whatever you want to say? Are you content there? Start to really get those, make the cobwebs begin to rip off the wheels turning in your mind again. Come on, older people. Have faith like a child. Been too little, little bit too long since you came to the house and said, I'm going to church today because I know Jesus is going to be there and Woo! He can fix me. Yes. You woke up too many mornings dragging yourself out of bed saying, I'm just going to church because this is what we do on Sunday. It's been too long since you got up and you couldn't wait to get to the house of God. And you said, I'm sick, but I'm going to be healed today. My life is broke, but it's going to be fixed today. I got problems, but Jesus is going to help me out today. Been a little too long since you thought like that. All right. I'll move on. It's an honor to preach today pulpit of my great-grandfather and have my grandfather here to hear me today. I have a great apostolic 
preaching heritage. Thank you, Jesus. And that's that's not because of anything that I've done. It's, I'm thankful for it and I'm blessed with it. And I'll, I'll tell you, it didn't get handed to me. I still had to accept the call. I still had to accept that this is what the Lord is wanting me to do, so I'm going to do it. But I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful that my grandfather is here to amen me today. That's an anointed man of God, and I respect him and give him honor today. So if you want to go ahead and turn with me before I get wound up again, to Isaiah 6, verse 8. I'm not going to be long today, I don't think, because I know our choir's got to sing later and there are things going on, but please listen to the word of the Lord today. Yes, yes. No matter how long or short it is, please listen to it, adhere to it. Let it change you. Let it speak to you. It's a little bit different probably than how I normally do, but this is what I could not get away from. I almost feel like it's an unfinished thought, but I'm just counting on the Lord to finish it. Is that all right? Isaiah 6 and 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Read it one more time. Also I heard the voice of the Lord. It was the voice of the Lord. Saying, Whom shall I send? He's asking a question to us today. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I. Send me. It didn't say what's it involved? What do I got to do? Is it going to work with my schedule? Am I going to have to do this? Am I going to have to, you know, start doing this and stop doing that? As soon as the Lord gave a call, he said, here am I. Send me. Don't care what it is. I heard the call of the Lord. Lord, just send me. I'll do it. I want to talk to us today about it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start with someone. Yes, yes. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start with someone. Let's lift our hands and pray one more time before we get into the word of the Lord. God, I thank you for your presence that we felt in this house already today. I thank you for your anointing that's in this house. I thank you for healing and delivering power that is in this house. Lord, we know that where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you're there in the midst. And we know that when you are here in the midst, that all things are possible, that our mindset can change, our attitude can change, our situation can change, our circumstance can change. Lord, so give us that faith like a child today. We're your children. We are your children, and you are our Father. And we know that all things are possible in your name. Make us better by your word today. Help us to receive it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated today. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, Lord. Here I am. Send me. I tell you, if you think that you're not qualified to do something for the Lord, there's your list of qualifications you got to have right there. There it was. There's your list of qualifications. Here am I. Send me. 
Those are the qualifications you've got to meet for the Lord to work in your life and use you. I believe that it is the desire of the Lord for us to have that kind of abandonment. To have that kind of devotion. To have that kind of passion. I believe it's His desire and His will. And I wonder what it would be like if all of us, when the Lord called, we would answer without hesitation just like that. I'm not only talking about whether God's called you to preach or be a missionary or something like that. I'm talking about the call that goes out to every single person, every single member of the body of Christ. When you feel the tug of the Lord on your life to do anything, because we're all going to do something for the kingdom. But that call, no matter what it is, if we would just without hesitation say, Here I am, Lord. I heard your call. I'm answering. Here I am. Do what you will. I wonder what it would be like. I wonder what our world would be like if we would all have that kind of abandonment and passion and desire to just answer the voice of the Lord. Oh, if we could all have that kind of mindset. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm thinking about that. Honestly, I'm thinking about that. How much different so many things could be if we would all have that mindset. And we would stop counting ourselves out, selling ourselves short, saying it's not for me, it's for somebody else to do. It's not for me to do. I'm a pew warmer. I don't care who you are. It's not the will of God for you to be a pew warmer. I don't know what you think makes you less than any other member of the body of Christ. But last time I checked, we've got the same Holy Ghost. We serve the same God. There's the same call on our life. And the qualification that we've got to meet is just have a willingness to do the will of the Lord. I wonder what it would be like. The Lord has given a call. So Lord, send me. I'll do it. I want to tell you today with urgency that it has got to start somewhere. And it has got to start with someone. And if everyone is expecting someone else to do it, then no one will do it at all. You might think this is my favorite topic. And it probably is. Things going on in our church, great things happening. We talked about it last Sunday. We talk about it all the time. The great things that God is doing. And He is doing great things. But I'm telling you, we have yet to reach the level of involvement that we need to really let the Lord work like He wants to. And I'm I'm not beating on anybody today. That's not what I'm doing. And I'm not fussing at anybody today. That's not what I'm doing. But... And I, I told you the other day, we met, I, I said it towards the end of service, that we've yet to see the greatest revival that this church is going to have. Right. We ought to be thankful because everything God has said He would do to this point, He's done. Right. But see, there are things that are just going to be mind-blowing that He has also spoken into this church that we've yet to see. But yes. His track record is pretty good. He's already done everything He was said He would do to this point. So I'm 
so excited about what we've yet to see. But we've got to be a people that will not say, I'm just a part of the church. I'm just a member of the church. We've got to say, I am an active member of what God is doing in Restoration Apostolic Church. We've got to say, I am spiritually invested in this church, in this movement. Not, it's not just because of the church or the church's name or the pastor or anything. It's because of what God is doing in this place. There are lives that are going to come into this place that are broken. And they're going to be in these altars. And, and somebody's got to be there to pray with them. Somebody's got to be the one to get them here. Somebody's got to be the one that will be used as a vessel for revival. Now that's not what I'm preaching about today, but it goes right along with it. I'm talking to us as individuals today. If, we're, if, if it's going to get done as a body, then it's going to take individuals. One after one after the other after the other, it makes up the body. We've got to say, I will do it. I will do it. And if everyone's expecting somebody else to do it, then no one will do it at all. Somebody has got to stand for truth. Somebody has got to get to a point today and make up your mind. You know, I'm, I'm just tired of, of, of waiting on something to happen in my life. I'm tired of waiting to get to a point that I, that I, I want to get to in God. I'm tired of waiting on, on something to change. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of just dreaming about things. I'm tired of just fantasizing about things. I'm tired of just wanting to do something for God. I'm tired of just wanting to be closer to God. If we could get intentional today. And you might, you, you might be in here today and you're saying, Well, I don't have an apostolic heritage. No one in my family lived this truth before me. And I'm going to share with you a little revelation about that. You are your family's apostolic heritage. You are the start of your family's apostolic heritage. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start with somebody. I don't care if your mama and your daddy ain't in church. I don't care if your grandmama wasn't praying and fasting for you. It's got to start somewhere. And if the Lord tarries, then you'll be somebody's praying grandmama. You'll be the man of God in somebody's life at some point. But it's got to start somewhere and it's got to start with somebody. You are your, your family's apostolic heritage. And you've got to make up in your mind, if nobody else in my family will do it, if none of my friends will do it, I'm still going to do it because I have heard the call of the Lord. And I'm saying, Lord, here I am. Send me. It's got to start somewhere and it's got to start with somebody. It's not just going to appear out of thin air. I didn't think I was going to get this wound up, but here we are. And no, I did not forget about you ones that have been around a little while. Didn't forget about you. I didn't forget about the ones who've got an apostolic background in their family. I didn't forget about you. And the truth is, some of you have been around for a little while, but you still haven't really answered the call. And that's all you're relying on is your mama's prayers. 
That's all you're, you're, you're relying on is, is your family's apostolic name. But you ain't done nothing for yourself. You haven't made up in your mind for yourself. I'm going to tell you, coming to church is not making up your mind. Attending church is not making up your mind. It's not. Some of us haven't really accepted the challenge, haven't really accepted the call and the beckoning of the Lord. I'm moving pretty fast, but I'm just going to keep moving. First Samuel, if you want to turn with me. And this is this a little more reading than I usually do, but we're going to read a story today. I'm going to read a Bible story. First Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at uh, I See, normally I try and practice these words before I start reading them. I must have just skimmed right over that. Which belonged to Judah and pitched between that one and Ezekiah in Ephes-Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah. This is going to be hard, I can tell. And set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the other side. And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. This is where it starts getting interesting. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He was nine feet tall. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And he, his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Sounds like a pretty bad dude. I wouldn't want to be, you know, I wouldn't want to walk up and just pop him in the face. I wouldn't want to walk up and just thump him right in the forehead. Say something a little off to him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the army of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I want to move to verse 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion. This is talking about David. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. This is the army of Israel. This is the army that God has miraculously given them victory time and time and time again. Again, that's not what I'm preaching about, but it still just blows my mind. One man, one oversized man, got a whole army trembling in their armor. Verse 26, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? 
and taken away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's saying, who does this guy think that he is? Almost done. Verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? David's looking at everybody else standing around trembling, not doing nothing. And he's saying, is there not a cause? Are we not here for a reason? Are we here to play around? Did we come so that we could, we could stand here and, and just you know tremble in our boots? Is this what we came here for? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason that we're here? Is there not a reason that we're in the army of the living God? And this guy is out here saying he's defying the army of the living God. He's blaspheming and, and talking about the people, the army of God. And you're standing here and letting it happen. Is there not a cause? So then in verse 40. And he took off, or he took his staff in his hand and chosen five smooth stones out of the brook. Talking about David. And put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about, he saw David and disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David... Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Here's the good part. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead. And he fell upon the earth, or he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath thereof, and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And the Philistines, and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. That's one of my favorite Bible stories right there. So, in short, what's happening? There we go. In short, what's happening here is what's happening in our world today. There are giants in this land, in this world, in our country, in our cities, all around the world. There are giants that are standing and mocking the living God and the people of the living God. And there are too many people in the army of God that are standing by 
and saying, I'm good with just hanging out in the camp. And all these, you tell me that 15 men couldn't have ran down there and took out Goliath. He ain't going to whoop 15 men. Come on, he's nine feet tall. He's not Godzilla. But still, there were people that were saying, I'm good with just hanging out in the camp. I'm going to let somebody else do it. I'm going to let somebody better than me, you know, go down there and, and somebody stronger than me, somebody that's got better equipment than me, somebody who's more qualified than me, somebody who's been fighting longer than me. I'm going to let them do it. But then just a shepherd boy came with some rocks and a sling and said, y'all are seriously letting this happen? All this is going on, all this, all this craziness is going on down there, and y'all are going to stay in the camp and not do nothing about it. And he said, I guess I'm going to do it. I ain't got nothing but some rocks and a sling, but I guess I'm going to do it. He said, I can't just stand around while my God is mocked and while my faith is put into the ground. And while my faith is, is mocked and just slurred, and I'm not going to stand by and let it happen. And there needs to be some people in the world today, in the church today, that are like David. That are not waiting on somebody more qualified to do it. You're not waiting on somebody who's been fighting longer than you to do it. You're not waiting on somebody more trained than you to do it. You're not waiting on somebody who's stronger, who's faster, who's taller, who's bigger. You're just, it needs to be somebody who will say, I've got the name of the Lord. I'm coming at the enemy in the name of the Lord of hosts. And I'm going to fight for my God. I'm going to fight for what I know is true. I'm going to fight and defend the name of my God. I'm going to defend the kingdom of God. Because if there's giants in this land, then I'm going to become a giant slayer. I'm going I'm to cut off the head of some things that have been coming against my God and His people. It doesn't... There were all kinds of soldiers there that were a lot stronger than David. Physically. But David's mind is what helped him slay the giant that day. It was his mindset. I'm telling you, it's got to start somewhere. Who knows how much longer and what would have happened if David hadn't come along and said, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. If David hadn't showed up and said, I'm willing to go out and fight. There's a cause here. There's something to be done. I'll do it. If David hadn't do it, I wonder what would have happened that day. Someone needs to say, I've had enough of the same old thing. I've had enough of being idle. I will stand for the truth. I will stand for my God. I will stand for what I know is right. I'm going to be the one. I'm, I'm talking to you as individuals today. I'm talking to you. I, I, if you're not listening to me, hey, if you're not listening to me, stop thinking about what you're going to eat after service and listen to me. Listen to the word of the Lord. You're called to do something. You're called to stand for truth. You're called to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. And God's not looking for people that are going to stay in the camp and shake in their boots. He's looking for people that are saying, I don't care how big the giant is. I'm coming at it in the name of the Lord of hosts. It's got to start with someone. 
And I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not being mean today, but the ones that are sitting in here today saying, Amen, it's got to start with someone. It'll probably be them. I'm not trying to be mean today. And, I, and I'm not talking specifically to anyone, so I can't hurt nobody's feelings. But that's part of the problem. Yes. Is people sitting in church saying, Amen, somebody's got to do it. I'm thankful it's them. No, no, no. It's you. You're called. You're the one that's supposed to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. If it's the smallest thing to the biggest thing, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I'm going to stand for truth. If nobody else will, I'm going to do it. If nobody else is going to defend this word and defend this gospel and defend our God and defend His kingdom and stand for truth and reach people and fight against the enemy, if nobody else is going to do it, then I'm going to do it. Had enough of the same old thing. Had enough of being idle. I will stand for the truth and I will not tolerate the boasts against my God. I will be the one to fight. I will. I will. Point at yourself and say, I will. Point at yourself and say, I've got to get it together, man. Point at yourself and say, I've got to, I've got to reprioritize. I've got to do some things different. You don't have to repeat that. I know that was a tongue twister. I'm going to be the one to do it. Not somebody else. Not somebody else. Not leaving it all to pastor. Not leaving it all to so-and-so. Not leaving it to this person and this person. They've got to answer the call for themselves. But as for me and my house, as for me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to live it for myself. I don't care. Who's doing what in this world? There's all kinds of craziness going on now. There's all kinds of things being defended now. Some things, it's a noble cause. Other things are being defended now that are abomination to our God. There's all kinds of craziness going on in this world. And the church cannot be silent in this hour. The church cannot be the ones to say, we're just going to be humble and quiet and just the Lord's going to come get us out of here and just rescue us because we're so pathetic and we're just going to end up having to hide in caves so the government don't come and get us. And, and, and... No. God's going to take care of His people. It's no different than it was here. God is still fighting for His people. And the church cannot afford to be the to be the group out of all the groups in this world today. The church can't be the one to say we're going to be quiet and sit back and watch all this stuff happen. The church has got to be the one that's proactive. The church has got to be the one that's on the news. And there are people saying, we don't know what's going on in this city, but something is happening and it started right here at this church. We ought to be the ones that are saying, they're looking and they're saying something is going on in Athens, Georgia and in this area. And it's all because it started at this church. This guy, Ed Walden, he passes the church down here. And these people, that we, we hadn't heard of them. But all of a sudden, it was like an explosion. We don't even know where they came from. But they just blindsided the way of life that was going on in this town and in this city. Because we can't afford to be the ones 
to stand back. There are people marching for things. There are people protesting for things and rallying for things. And like I said, some of it's noble, fine, whatever. But if we're going to rally behind anything, if we're going to stand up strong for anything, it's got to be the truth in the Word of God. And I'm trying to just, maybe I'm being repetitive, but you need to look at yourself and say, it's going to be me. I'm not going to be the one who just sits on the bench anymore. I'm getting out on the playing field. I'm getting out on the battlefield. I'll be the one to slay Goliath if nobody else is going to do it. I'm just as qualified as anybody else to do it. I've got the same power, the same Holy Ghost as anybody else. I'm not going to go much longer, don't worry. So I don't care who's doing what in this world. You stand for truth. I don't care what's going on in this world. You stand for truth. Young people, all kinds of things coming against you nowadays. All kinds of things that you don't even realize are attacking you. Stand for truth. Stand for truth. Don't watch that. Don't listen to that. Don't, Don't shake that, my God. Don't do what this world is doing. Don't act like this world is acting... The lines are being blurred too much. There's got to be some Davids that are going to stand up saying, not only am I not going to participate and tolerate this stuff that's going on, but I'm going to cut the head off of it. There's got to be some people that are not only willing to just stand, but to stand and fight. There's got to be some people who are not only willing to say, I'm just going to go to church, but I'm going to go to church with my war clothes on. And and then when I leave church, I'm going to have my war clothes on. And I'm going to have my sword out. Not ready to kill people with the truth, but ready to kill some devils and ready to kill some lies that are going on in this world. I've got a sword for the enemy and I've got love and peace for the people. But the enemy, he's going to get it bad. Not just our younger people. Our older people too. You might say you've got no right to talk to me. You're 21 years old. I can tell you what the Bible says. I'm not trying to be disrespectful today. But God's put an urgency in my spirit today to transfer on to you. So I'm talking to everybody. Older people, I'm not saying an age range. If you think you're older than youth age, then listen up. There are things coming against you too. There are things that are coming against your family. There are things that are going to take your kids if you aren't the one to say, I'm going to fight some giants. There are going to be some things that will enter your home and destroy things in your home if you aren't the one to say, I'm going to stand against some giants. If you won't be the one to say, I'm going to fight for truth. There are things this world wants you to participate in too. Stop skipping out on church because you're tired. Lead by example in your home. Don't come in here and raise your hands and go outside and be cussing people out on the road and on your job. Don't come in here and amen the preacher if you're going to go and knock a few back just because it's game day. Come on somebody. You don't think these kinds of things happen? These kinds of things happen. 
I don't care who you're around. I don't, you think peer pressure doesn't extend to older people? It does. We've got to have some older saints that have been around a little while to say, you know what? I haven't done what really what I need to do to this point. I've grown a little bit cold, but today a fire is going to reignite in me and I'm going to stand against some giants and I'm going to be holy and I'm going to stand for the truth and the word of God. Stand with me today. There are some things that I just don't feel like we'll move into, into today, and that's fine. God has moved already in this place. God's done a work already in this place, and I'm thankful for it. So it's not all just relying on me, but there is a word for somebody in here today. If there wasn't, I believe, I fully believe that God would have just took the service over and just led us into something else. But there is a word for somebody here today. I'm not trying to be hard on us. And, and I, you, you might scoff at me today and say, how can someone so young, you know, just be telling, telling us older folks what to do and preaching to us like he knows something about what goes on. I'm going to tell you, I do know a little bit of something about what goes on in the world and what people battle people even that come to church and I definitely know what young people battle but you'd be surprised I've got some insight and I know what a lot of moms and dads battle as well and I know what a lot of families battle as well and there's got to be a people in here today and I love my church and I, you're the greatest group of people and it's such an honor to just live life alongside of you and serve God with you I love Restoration Apostolic Church and I'm not just trying to tell you everything you're doing wrong I'm just trying to remind you today at some point it's got to start somewhere with someone and we can't be the people any longer that say when God's ready it'll, it'll happen yeah but he never said just sit and wait around he never said just sit and don't do nothing. So let's not. I feel like I'm saying a lot of mean things today. Let's not be lazy Christians. In fact, you can't be a lazy Christian because that's not Christ like at all. You can't be Christ like and just stand on the sidelines. Because Jesus, even when he came to this earth, he had purpose. And he was doing everything he did intentionally. And so it should be with us. Every day that we live. If it's a good day or a bad day. If we're energized and and hyped up. Or if we're kind of tired and weary. We've got to live intentionally. Say I'm going to slay some giants. I'm going to stand up for what's right. One One more thing today. That the Lord just reminded me of. And also a very, very familiar story is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the king was saying I've got this idol set up, when the music plays, you're going to do what everybody else is doing, you're going to bow you're going to blend in but there were three boys there that day, three young men there that day that said I'm going to stand for my God I'm going to stand for what I know is right There's thousands of people around me that are bowing down, but I'm going to be the one to stand. And I've said this before, how I think actually pastors said this before as well, how 
you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they probably weren't all lined up right beside each other. They were probably scattered throughout the crowd, separated from one another. So they couldn't look at each other and say, if you, if you stay standing, I'll stand. If you bow, I'll bow. They each were in different places, I would imagine. If not, it still applies. But they still, they were standing there by themselves. And they were, they were probably wondering, I wonder what Shadrach and Meshach is going to do. I wonder if they're going to do this. I'm going to tell you today. It, I'm glad that all three of them stayed standing. But in this life, you're going to serve God alongside people. There's going to come a point when the music starts playing. And it might be sad, but you'll look across somewhere while you're still standing. And they'll be bowing. I feel the Holy Ghost. I didn't know I was going to say this now. It might be a sad day when people that you come into the church with and you serve God with them. And when it came down to it, you're still standing, but you're looking out. And they're bowing. I've got friends that I grew up with. And when the music played, I was hoping so bad that they'd stay standing. But when I looked across the crowd, they were on their face just like everybody else. But I'm going to tell you today, it's worth it to stay standing it's worth it when my friends won't do it when people I love won't do it when people that I know and I hope so bad that they would stay standing when they won't do it when the music plays and it comes down to it I'm going to stand Jesus, Jesus, Jesus (laughs) alright I feel the Holy Ghost now I feel the Holy Ghost moving now. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm talking to every person today. You've got to make up your mind for yourself. <laughs> if I'm the only one left standing when the music starts playing, then I'm still going to be standing. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you some hope today that there's still hope for those people that bow. There's still hope for those people that bow down. But if you bow down too, they're not going to have anybody to look to. They're not going to have any example to look up to. If you won't stay standing, then there is no hope. You've got to be the one that's going to say, I'm going to stand. If my family won't do it, if my friends won't do it, if I can't get my co-workers to come do it, if I can't get my schoolmates to come do it, I'm still going to stand. I'm still going to fight. Every day I'm going to wake up and take my cross. And I don't care. I don't care what kind of giants are on the, in the land. I'm still going to stand. And I'm going to go out there. Some days it feels like I've got a battle axe. Some days it feels like I've got nothing but just some rocks in my bag. But it's enough. It's enough to make a change. It's enough to make an army flee. It's enough to make a giant go down. If one person will say, I'll be the one. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I'll stand for truth. I don't care how long. I have to do it. I don't care how hard it gets on some days. 
I don't care what kind of pressure is on me. I will stand. I will stand in the face of the fire. I will stand in the face of Goliath. I will stand in the face of the lion's den. I will still stand. I will still stand. I will still stand. Because there is a cause. There is a cause. There is a cause. There is a kingdom that is to be established. There are people that are looking to me. And if they see me bow. What hope have they been? I want to invite you today to these altars to pray. Everyone that will, come now. Come now, don't wait. Come now, everyone that will. In fact, I'll say this. If you will make up in your mind today, I'm going to stand. I don't care what I have to change. I don't care what I have to hold on to, let go of. I'm going to stand. Then I'm asking you to come today. I'm asking you, if you never come, then come. If you always stay in your seat, come today. Make up in your mind, I'm going to stand. There are people depending on me to stand. There is a cause that is depending on me to make up my mind. I'm going to stand. It's got to start somewhere. It might as well start here. It's got to start sometime, so it might as well start now. And it's got to start with someone, so it might as well start with you. Worship and pray and cry out to the Lord.
start with somebody. What a wonderful word. Yes, thank you, Jesus. A great reminder for our church that, that wants to see kingdom work done. See revival in your city. It reminded me of the scripture that said, by the obedience of one man, many were made righteous. And I, I've thought about that so many times. I know the Bible tells me that two are better than one. But if you got one, that'll be obedient. By the obedience of one man, look how many people have come to salvation. Look how many people have been healed, delivered. Look how many situations have been changed. How many miracles have happened by the obedience of one man. From the time that Christ became obedient, the rest of history is because of him. The rest of the history of the church, any testimony, any miracle, any sign, wonder, or anything that we can say good to happen. That's why John wrote, said, and if we tried to tell it all, said the books of the world couldn't contain. And that's because of one man. So we are workers together with him, one body, many members. Amen. So let's let's let it start with us. I'll be the one to do it. Wonderful message today. Son, I appreciate that. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for his word today. I'm going to be the one. Like we said, don't sit back and wait on somebody else. Be, be jostling for the elbow room at the front line. It's not over. Let me in on this. I want to be part of this too. Don't let somebody else take your place. I feel sure they probably going to come take this microphone from me. So I was facing a dismission, but I think they'd probably stop us. So. I will say thank you for being in church today and worshiping, and God bless you. I love you, appreciate you, whatever else y'all are doing. I guess come on in.